You are listening to episode five. This episode is brought to you by QuickBooks, which is one of the best apps for starting entrepreneurs. I've literally been using this app since I launched my business, and it has helped me, who doesn't have an accountant brain, to keep my books in order and to send them in an organized fashion to my accountant. So I recommend it to anyone who's trying to launch a business and is doing that as a solopreneur or entrepreneur. On today's episode, I get to interview Davy Sage. Some of you may not know, but my other passion also happens to be music. And in my city, I am part of an association called Sask Music. So one day I was looking up artists, local artists, and I noticed that they were tweeting about another African artist. And this really caught my attention because not only am I... Um, a black entrepreneur. I am African Canadian and specifically I was born in Nigeria. And then I did research on this guy and found out he also is from Nigeria. And so it was really exciting to me that they were highlighting him in our province. The thing is, he has managed to bring Afrobeat music, which is very popular back in Nigeria and actually across the continent. And he's starting to make his waves over here. So as another musician who happens to be from Nigeria, I definitely wanted to reach out to him and find out about his journey and how he found his purpose and how he's really pursuing his music outside of Nigeria and bringing that music here to Canada, to North America, and to Saskatchewan. So I really hope you enjoy this episode today. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. Today I'm interviewing Davy Sage. So he's a fellow Nigerian and also a musician. So I was so excited to interview him because I saw that we're both part of the same music association in Saskatchewan. So Davy, thank you so much for coming in for an interview today. Hey. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into it. Tell me about yourself. Uh, Tell us a bit about your career path and your educational background and kind of how did you get into this? Absolutely. Um, I started um, writing music, writing songs around maybe um, when I was like 13 years old. Mm. Then my brother is a DJ. So back then, um, my mom, we actually took one of, um, one of the rooms in my mom's house and he's just like, we turned into a studio. So I just right. listen to different genres, exactly. From people I've used, like 80s R&Bs and 90s R&Bs and a little bit of Afro-pop Afro as well. So it's, it's been um, a very, very um, 
she likes a wonderful ride right from the start. Then also being around a DJ kind of give me um, a very good foundation and, you know, clear understanding about music and different genres and stuff like that. Right. So, um, I initially tried to pursue a career in soccer, which didn't work out. Wow. Of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I injured my knee, so I couldn't, um, go professional. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, music is everything to me. I started, um, a bit back home. Then I came to Canada in 2010 okay. and I went to school in Vancouver and studied forensic accounting and fraud investigation. Wow. Um, Still trying to do my music on the side. Um, I eventually got lucky. I, I remember that was the day I was going to record a song in the studio called I'm an African. Um, yes. So I got into the studio. The guy that owned the studio just accidentally just bumped into my session. He was like, oh, man, I love your vibe, man. Your music is different. Um, let's talk. So, yeah, that was in 2014. So 2015, I officially got signed into an independent label called B Major Music. Awesome. Exactly. So then after that, I dropped um, one studio album with them. Then um, the following year, I just decided to go solo because um, of just um, a conflict of um, ideas and stuff like that with the, right. the, the, the label I was signed to. So, right. Which kind of actually worked fine for me because um, after leaving the label, I was able to actually do more work all by myself and actually be able to um, you know, get a clear understanding of my path as an artist. So that's really good. Right. It's funny how that works. <laughs> uh, you said what, sorry? I said it's funny how that works, you know, for artists now. Exactly, exactly. exactly. And I'm, I'm not saying it's not a good thing to, stand in, to get signed into a label, but we're in a world right now where music is um, available through um, different sources, right? So right. definitely um, one of the things is if you're an independent um, artist and you know what you're doing, you know what you have to get it, I don't think you need a label at all. You can just do it all by yourself. The only difference is, I mean, Obviously, labels have financial power, which is 100% um, um, understandable because it's a big company, right? Right. Yeah. And sorry to cut you off. I think you're talking about in 2018. Uh, exactly. So, 2018, I dropped my own solo album in 2018. Awesome. Project all funded by myself. I have, um, um, I got to um, record a song called You Bad in the album, which actually did very well. And I did awesome. a video for it as well. Exactly. All shot in Saskatchewan, which is good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, I have a um, couple. Then I released a couple of singles after that. I really got a really good feeling. I'm dropping another one called Make You Mine this month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been um, uh, an interesting ride for me. Should yeah. I say that? Yeah, so it's been good so far. Awesome. And I have to ask because... Yeah, we're from the same. We were born in the same city. city. In the same city, city, I know. Same province, and this province is even a random province for like Nigerians to find themselves in. So, how did you wind up here after all of that? I know of all places, um, because my parents used to live in um Ontario back in the eighties. Yeah, so my sister was born in Canada, and um, my dad decided to move back to Nigeria bit Nigeria because um he had more opportunities with back home than here. Right. So then my sister came back in twenty two thousand and two. Mm-hmm. Then I joined her in twenty ten. And my sister came back in two thousand and two and she ended up with scratch and was like, What are you doing what places? It's like, I like it. It's peaceful. It's family friendly. I was like, okay, let me give it a shot and see how it is. So I moved <laughs> <laughs> I moved to Saskatchewan to join her and see how it is. Since two thousand and ten I've been here. 
Wow, that's so amazing. Yeah, it's it's very funny to me. Like, even when my dad first announced us we were moving here, he said, we're moving to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I was like, those are the strangest names I've ever heard. But hey, I'll, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Let's do it. I can imagine that. Can- yeah, <laughs> for sure. How long, is, how long have you been in Saskatchewan, though? Whew, now I have to think. Oh, my goodness. I feel like, yeah, it's been 22 years. 22 oh, my years. goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because my sister was born here. So oh. I think of her age, and that's how long we've been here. She was born the summer we, we moved here. Oh, I see. <laughs> wow, that's good. That's Crazy. good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And so what, like, you talked about your background. You talked about kind of what inspired you to be a musician. Um, how did you... Yeah, how did you create this kind of niche of Afrobeat music to to be popular in Saskatchewan? I know it's obviously popular back home in Nigeria. How did you make people here get excited about what you're doing as well? You see, um, one, one thing that I realized when I came in here was um, that um, Saskatchewan is just um, embracing other genres. Hmm. Like the main genre in Saskatchewan, or if I say... Um, Central Canada or yeah. the Curry. It's basically rock, country, and maybe a bit of folk and indie music. So they're not really yeah. used to commercial stuff. Yeah. And which is understandable. Uh, my own style is different because what happened is um, listening to different genres while growing up, for example, like I listened to a lot of Tupac and Biggie when I was growing up. Yeah. I listened to, exactly, and I listened to a lot of, um, a lot of R. Kelly, a lot of um, Joe. A lot of babyface um, R&B music, a lot of Lonely Hill, and a bunch of right. 80s and 90s hip hop and stuff like that. And um, trying as much as I can to, um, you know, blend my own style together. It's kind of for people sometimes compare me with Akon. They said I I have ah. a similar style, but I'm influenced a lot by Akon music because I listen to Akon a lot. And um, so I blend both Afro pop and mainstream pop together, or mainstream music together, and I kind of like create it in my own way. And um, right. when I present it to people of this part of the world, even though they're not African, they can still relate to it because it's much more, um, it's presented to them in a way that they can actually understand. Mm. So it's more accessible in a way. Exactly. Compared to like a typical Afro pop that they can only just vibe to the sound and the beat. But not necessarily what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. if you listen to a couple of my songs, for example, like You Bad, for example, um, Dance With Me, for example, um, Good Feeling, the one I just dropped, for example, you can tell like this guy is an Afro-pop artist, but not really the typical Afro-pop artist that you hear out there from every other like, you know, mainstream Nigerian artist. I'd have to agree with you, actually, because I did check out your video before I reached out to you. And, uh, yeah, I did notice that I was like, oh, it has the Afrobeat, but I could clearly understand you. And that's not to say I have anything, like, I love Afrobeat music. I feel like that's one of the things when I finally was getting into traveling back that I really picked up on. (laughs) It's just so fun, so danceable. It's, like, one of the easiest things to dance to. And like you said, growing up here, whenever there's country, I'm like, how do I dance to this? Like, I don't know. Like, anyways... (laughs) But it just made sense for me. And um, 
Yeah, but I found that obviously, like, I don't speak a lot of pigeon, and sometimes there'd be like kind of like these pigeon flares in there, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, my cousins tried to teach me, and I'm like, guys, I'm like completely lost. I can, I don't know. No, I, I completely understand that. Yeah, it's, that's the truth, though, and that's the more reason why. Um, if you listen, if you read my lyrics very well, you probably notice that most of the time, like, I speak just pure English, then probably just add like a couple of pigeon english and middle of my, my lyrics that's basically what i do and i do it because um i want people to relate to my music not from the point of the fact that oh that beat is dope no i want to like okay i can relate to what he's saying i can i can i can hear him clear i can i can i can hear his emotion basically that's yeah. the goal interesting yeah i love that and i think that's really encouraging like obviously this podcast is coming more from my business end but my first passion is music as well and like you i i also write like more like r&b like gospel like kind of stuff and it's not the typical sound out here so some of the people i've worked with have been like oh man this is so fun because I'm usually recording country albums. There's not a lot of people like you I get to work with in this city. Exactly, exactly. It's like you said, it's definitely like refreshing for them. It's kind of like you're kind of like this like big like fish in a little pond almost for it. <laughs> That's why I feel like you are because your music seems so strong and the video seems so strong for like you being based in, I believe it's Regina. And I'm just like, whoa, like how did he even get all this together? Like this looks like one shit. Like people. I had, um, it's kind of funny because um, I actually I I got um, a lot of um, reviews about my stuff as well with the same thing you just said. Yeah. People like, yeah, what are you doing in the city? Like, this is not the right place for you and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, one thing that I also can really really pinpoint is that when I actually my coming to Saskatchewan actually is a really good thing because I get to like um start in an environment where there's nothing similar right. to what I do. Then I was able to like build up myself so that the momentum is there. Um, I don't have to go to bigger cities at the early stage and trying to compete, but I already build a resume for myself here. Right. And then if I go to cities like, for example, Toronto, I already have a, um, a portfolio of work sitting there that I can actually pick to every other people and stuff like that. So that's the advantage of being here, exactly. Right. But eventually, I'm still going to move for sure, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to start. Yeah. For sure. Um, I actually, along those lines, do you feel like, um, what does your fan base ratio look like between um, Canada and Nigeria at this point? Do you feel like it's really even? Is it super like Nigeria heavy? Or do you feel like Canadians are starting to really connect and, and you know, like listen? Yeah, I feel like um, at the moment, though, I'm still, my, my music is not... Um, should I say fully marketed in Nigeria to gain a lot of audience? Okay. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think it's what I should do right now. But you know how the music, um, the Nigerian market is different. Right. This is how it works. In Nigeria here, if you want to, if you want to market your music, then you have to be there. Because they still like the physical copies, I think, right? Like, they still yeah, like- exactly. There's physical copies as well, but you have to appear on radio, you have to appear on TV shows and interviews and stuff like that. Right. You have to like, you know, um, you have to be there. You have to show up where we have the industry influence. Uh, they actually call the shots and everything like that. You have to be there and, you know, talk to them and pitch your stuff to them before they can actually see. And, you know what, well, let's let's push this through the radios and stuff like that. 
But if you hear turning back into medicine Nigeria, it's a bit of a, a hard work, which might pay off, but it's a 50 50 chance because you don't know who you're dealing with on the other end. So if right. you send a medicine to them, they might not even play. They might just take the money or take whatever you offer them and just put your music, touch your music to the side. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Is Spotify as big of a trend uh, in Nigeria as it is over here in terms of music streaming? It's not, a, it's not as big as, as it's not as big as here, of course, but it's it's growing. It's growing. Let me use that word. It's growing exactly because um um back in Nigeria um they still do free streaming. They still right. so they, 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 not a lot of premium users of Spotify are in Nigeria compared to other part of the world. Yeah. So that's the uh, difference. But it's still growing. It's the, I can see a huge difference. People are beginning to like, you know, use Spotify as much as, even more than Apple Music in Africa, yeah. actually, which is kind of funny. But yeah, I think um, in the next three to four years, we might probably be comparing both, um, both um, regions together. Wow. So interesting. And so you talked about kind of breaking away from being with a label. Um, I guess, what was the scariest thing thing that happened in that journey of like having to break away and say okay i'm gonna do this for myself and like what was the biggest obstacle you had to overcome um my main my my main fear was um i was recording every day in the studio we i get in the studio with my producer we record songs we have like portfolio of songs and stuff like that but the amount of money that i expect the label to invest in my music for promoting my music wasn't there so it's basically like we have a lot of amazing artists in this world, like a lot of amazing songs as well, but then, you know, get to like be promoted and like, you know, get to a lot of people. So that's the problem. So I was like, I can't be doing that. I can't be recording songs and have it just sitting in the, in, in the studio without being released or without being promoted and stuff like that. So I was like, I could do this by myself. I just right. have to create a strategy and that's it. So my fear was like, yeah, if, if you're working with a company that doesn't see your visions the way you see it, trust me, you guys are going to have a lot of problems along the line. I think that's really interesting what you're talking about with them making you do all this recording and you're not sure if it's going to release or not. I believe um, JoJo, I don't know if you know that one singer, JoJo. Like she, oh, yeah, no, I know JoJo, yeah. I know. Yeah, she was signed when she was 13. And I honestly don't know her full story. She's like older now, but... I think she had very much the same issues with her label. And she was like one of the youngest people signed but by that label, but she had a bunch of songs they wouldn't release or things like that. And I think she like re-released all the songs she wrote like under herself so that she could actually like get the money for it and everything. So yeah, it's kind of interesting nowadays. Like there's a lot of like dicey things for musicians. Like even this whole like Taylor Swift and scooter braun thing going on like it's kind of becoming a weird um playing field although labels have kind of been known to be what's the word like over like kind of like just over saturating over controlling the artists in many ways in the past exactly exactly and trust me um one thing i also realized is um way back in the days gone are the days when like you have like what labels dominating the entire music industry where like you have like people chasing the label to sign contracts and stuff like right. that and um at the end of the day those guys that signed those huge contracts with those labels they end up coming back like 10 15 years later right? like well like oh i mean i wish like um i hadn't done that 
huh. because um, it's basically just saying, hey, I'm loaning you this money and um, do a record and I'll get the money back. So right. they loan them the money and people don't know they misuse the money thinking, yeah, I got paid by my labels and stuff like that. And then eventually along the line, um, all the money that all the proceeds from the sales of the records or, or the merchandise and everything goes to the label because it's more like a loan and the label is getting the money back. Wow. So that's exactly, these are the things. And now like things have changed a lot. Like people, like even people don't even go to the studios anymore. I mean, people like me, I still go to the studio, but like you can imagine like people recording in the basement and posting online and the sound music going viral and stuff like that. It's happening now. It's a day and age that we are. Now, labels go after artists now. Artists don't have to chase them anymore. I think you made a huge, huge point with that because I think of like a group like Pentatonix. Like, I'm a huge fan of them. And they were independent for a very long time before they got their record label and by then they had already built quite a huge following they already had sold out shows i think at most they had someone who worked with them as a booking manager at first and then the basically the difference between the labels they went from having like 50 million views on youtube to 200 million views on youtube so i'm guessing it just gave them a little more um international things but they were already touring europe they were already touring asia they were already touring canada before that even happened so i agree with you and like i said the only difference between you being an independent artist and jim being in, um on the label is the financial power that's yes. it because so then so like if you, you have know, the money you can do it yourself <laughs> that's what i'm saying so if you have the money why not just do it yourself because the same platform that you will be pu pushing your brand or your your, your product through it's the same platform that the big labels are also using. So what's the difference? The only difference is the big labels have more money to push ahead of you. Right. But at the same time, you don't even have to um, depend on the same, um, um, the same road anymore. You can actually take a different way and be ahead of them. Right. Exactly. And that's my philosophy. Like, always like, stay ahead of the game because whatever you're doing, make sure that you're always ahead of them. Because if you're not, Trust me, before you get there, the whole food is gone. <laughs> yeah. No, I think what you're saying is awesome. And I'm wondering, how, so you left your label, you started doing your recordings and releasing them. Like, what kind of brand strategy did you kind of have to create? And what kind of efforts did you do to kind of go like, okay, this is my music. I am now pushing it out. I want people to know about me. Exactly. So I'm more of a... Um, as an R&B artist, I'm more of um, a songwriter. I like to, like, you know, pour my mind into my songs. If you listen to the song that I actually, the album that I released and I was my label, which is basically um, for, um, Waiting For You EP, I had songs that, that I knew definitely that if I actually take my time to write those songs, I can do way better. Hmm. And compared to, like, me dropping my own solo album in 2018 the difference is there and i got a lot of reviews like oh yeah man your song is way better compared to like you know when you drop the first ep and stuff like wow. that some people don't even know that actually i went solo until i told them like yeah it's now david said music there's no d major music anymore and stuff like that wow. the difference is um branding myself as an artist first of all i'm more of an intimate writer i like to write about women i love to like write about things that make women feel good i love lots about good vibes Good feeling, for example, is all about good vibe. There's nothing else. When I wrote Good Feeling, I was like, I want to write a song where, like, people just want to have a good feeling. Nothing, no bad vibe, nothing. So when I did yes. that, um, 
when I did that, I, I, I pour, um, I took it on a whole new level. So I went through the whole new wave, um, communicate with my audience compared to like me, for example, like in you buy, when I did you bad, you bad is much of a, a, a experience that I have with someone way back in 2011. And mm-hmm. I was able to put it into my song. Right. Um, I had a, exactly. So it's completely different. So now I'm, I'm more of an emotional writer. And at the same time, I can also write about party and stuff like that. And people listen to me and be like, yeah, this is good. That's so interesting. Like the mix. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I'm really um, loving what you're talking about. And like on your, pers- yeah, I want to know your perspective on this because I've noticed that. So I kind of started liking Afrobeat music. I don't know, within the last like six, seven years of my life, I started hearing it at like Nigerian parties, Nigerian weddings. Um, but I've noticed that like in the past couple of years, it's almost like it's had a real like global explosion. And I do a lot of hip hop dance. So I've noticed that I'll see like hip hop dance videos where it'll be like Afrobeat dance videos. And there's even a afrobeat dance workshop in saskatoon and i was like how far has this thing come so i guess in my opinion or in your opinion sorry um do you feel like that has opened up more doors for you the fact that there's a um this kind of influx of like sudden like hunger for this afrobeat or do you feel there's like more competition now or um how has that changed the game for you and i think it's i think it goes both ways first of all i feel like um this part of the world embracing the new genre of music, which is basically Afrobeat, is amazing. Now I have like international artists trying to do Afrobeat, for example. Like I can name a lot of artists out there, like you know, jumping on Afrobeat. For example, um, um, Tory Lanez did a remix of Davido's music, and you know, Drake gets worked with um, Wizkid, and you know, every other artist right now out there just coming up, like you know, diving into the Afrobeat genre, which in which I know what they what they're trying to do. They're yes. basically trying to, like, you know, just gain a, um, get to the African audience. Of course. To, exactly. But they have to use something to get to them. So jumping on Afrobeat is what they've been doing and stuff like that, which is good. Right. Um, and at the same time, also create um, awareness of Afrobeat music to um, the entire North American people who actually listen to hip-hop music because they get to, like, oh, yeah, I heard two lane jump on this beat and it's Afrobeat and stuff. And they get to listen to it. You can't put an Afro vibe. It's not possible because Afro beat is different. Like, it, it just, it's sweet. It yeah, has you, other sweet melody and stuff like that. Yeah. You've got to shake to it. You have no choice. That's <laughs> so, what I love about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Afro I think, is a new thing right now. And I think it's still going to grow way more. Now, in the competition part of it, yeah, it's going to be a lot of competition for sure. Like, even in my city right now, I can name, like, almost like five, six Afro beat artists in my city. In, in Regina? Yes, Regina actually doing oh. good. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. Exactly. So it's it's a new wave and it's good because um I feel like um it will get to a level where Afrobeat will also be named as a genre in international award. Mm. And also in Canada, because in Juno, for example, Juno doesn't have Afrobeat. They don't have it. They only have world music and stuff like that. I feel like it will get to a point where like Afrobeat will also be separated as hip hop and every other genre as well so nice that would actually be cool so i see so you're saying it's kind of opening doors for people to legitimize this style of music that's awesome and so um you're talking about releasing ep and releasing other songs um are you when are, are you planning on releasing a full album soon yeah i'm working on it i'm working on it i know um 
I'm strategically, I think, um, I'm trying as much as possible to, um, you know, just take it one step at a time because right now I'm still a solo artist. So, um, thanks to um, organizations like SAS Music, for example, Factor Canada, for example, um, these are um, associations that actually funded my um, project in the past. Um, so definitely, um, if I can get a very um, strong backup from associations like that, I can definitely drop um, um, a full-length um, album in the next um, 12 to 18 months. That's awesome. Exactly. And the, and the, the, um, the rationale behind it is basically, um, my plan is my plan is to basically be able to drop a full and EP and travel on a tour to Africa to promote it. Nice. Exactly. Because trust me, dropping an album is one thing. The promotion part of it is another thing. And there's a limit to <laughs> yeah. what you can do online. There's a limit yeah. to what you can do through blogging and a bunch of stuff like that. You have right. to leave it. You have to yeah. show them what the album is all about. Right. You have to talk about it on radio stations. You have to talk about it on, on your shows and stuff. Like, so that's different. Right. Are, are those aspects you've already done in North America? Like, I know you're big in Regina. Have you already been touring North America? doing shows in- Exactly. I've done, I've done shows in Toronto, Vancouver. I've done shows in Calgary, Edmonton. I've done shows in Saskatoon, too, actually. Yeah. They said I have to come. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> yes, I've done shows. And now knowing that I am, you live in Saskatoon right now, definitely, um, you know, collaborating with people like you or artists like you definitely will actually make a huge um, difference in doing shows there. Because when I did my last show, I really didn't have um, um, a strong connection with Afro beat um, audience way back in Saskatoon. So I just have to like, you know, swing it. But now knowing that I have people like you, I can definitely use your circle. We can collaborate together and do something in Saskatoon for sure. That would be cool. Yeah, I would love that, honestly. I think it'd be fun for me to try and write, like, a gospel Afrobeat song. Like, because I do. Like, I agree. It's, like, the perfect blend of, you know, doesn't have... It's, like, you know, it's kind of referencing that talking drum, that kind of thing. And then you got that, like, hip-hop beat and electric music. Like, I just love how it sounds. Yeah. Like you, said, you, can, you, you can't hate an Afro vibe. No way. You yeah. Yeah, I feel like you've told us so much already. Um, is there anything specific you want our audience to know about you um, that's coming up right away that I should kind of give you a shout out on? <laughs> exactly, man. You can actually, um, yeah, um, I'd like you to go check out my new single, Good Feeling, is out on all streaming platforms right now. And I just dropped a video, a music video to it as well. It's also on YouTube right now. It was dropped a week ago, and it's been wow. awesome. Go check it out. you never, ever regret it. Trust me. <laughs> it's a vibe. Ah, oh, man. Thank you. This oh, has been an so amazing much. interview. Thank you so much, Davi. And I am so looking forward to uh, not only posting, but hearing your music and sharing, sharing your information to our audience. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. Me too, man. It's nice to talk to you. I appreciate Thank your you time. Thank you so much. You're welcome.